Welcome to FOP Church Message of the Week. We pray you are challenged by the Word. For more information, please visit www.fhop.church. Today, I want to talk about true hope, all right? Before I do, can we just pray and go to the Lord? Father God, uh, we thank you so much for your love and your mercy and your grace. God, I pray right now as we enter your word, God, that your word would pierce our hearts. God, that we would go deeper than ever before. Lord Jesus, let our eyes be fixed on you, the author and finisher of our faith. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. As I was uh, going through and looking um, about what we needed to maybe walk through as a church, um, I began to pray and look at three different passages. I know the last couple of weeks we've been in Philippians, um, but I want to walk us through at least three little passages this week and, and let them speak to our hearts because it's really easy during this time to say, oh, there's joy and suffering right? The scripture calls us to rejoice in suffering. We're going to see some of that today too. But, but let's today, I was like, what is the true reason why? What do we really set our eyes on during this time? And I believe that really comes down to, as we're going to see, it comes down to Jesus Christ. So turn with me, if you will, to Matthew 21. Um, this is Palm Sunday. And as we look at Matthew 21, we're going to see what's called a triumphal entry. It should be noted that the words triumphal entry are nowhere actually in the biblical text, but that's a heading there that we call it. And it says this in Matthew 21. Now, when they drew near to Jerusalem, that's Jesus and his disciples. Um, this is nearing his, the end of his earthly ministry. He's, he's going to be um, crucified here within just a week. Um, it says, when they came near to Jerusalem, and came to Bethpage, to the Mount of Olives. Then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied to a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says to you, you shall say, The Lord needs them, and he will send them at once. This took place to fulfill what was spoken by the prophet, saying, Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, humble and mounted on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. And I just want to pause right here to say, like this is a prophecy that's, that's been given that the Jewish people knew about their coming Messiah. you got to remember, they were under Roman oppression at this time. And so they were looking for a Messiah. And it turns out what this prophecy is saying is that your king isn't going to come on a stallion with a sword. He's going to become humble on a donkey, on a beast of burden. The disciples went and did as Jesus directed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and put on them their cloaks, and he sat on them. Most of the crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. And the crowds that went before him and followed him were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred up saying, Who is this? And the crowd said, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth of Galilee. And so what we see here in this story is, 
it, we see that the people in Jerusalem rolling out their version of the red carpet in their day, putting down their cloaks, putting down these branches, the way they would for royalty, the way, the way they would for a king, because they thought Jesus, the prophet, was coming to set them free. And the reality is, is he was, but not in the way they thought. See, they were looking for that conquering king. But Jesus, as we're going to see if you read the rest of Matthew, he's going to die on a cross. And that's the way that he's going to bring freedom to their lives. By dying for their sin, but for dying for their same shame. They who were separated from God can be drawn near to God now because of the death of Jesus Christ. And so it wasn't that he was coming in Jerusalem to take the throne. He was coming into Jerusalem to die. And I think that speaks to us in our current situation is, 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 I think in the last few years even, we've prayed, God, send revival. God, send um, your spirit. God, we need your presence again. And it's our sincere hope he'll do it in a way where we all prosper and we all get stuff, right? And it turns out God is using something humbling and weak and lowly to draw us close to him. But what is the true hope during this time? Our hope isn't the suffering. Let's flip over to Romans. And if you look over in Romans, the 8th chapter, we're going to start in verse 18. And, and this is what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 18. He says this, For I consider that the suffering of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed. And I, I have it written here, the suffering is not even worth comparing the future glory that's going to be revealed. Like, like, it's not that it's so drastic, it's that it's so drastic that it would, like, it's not even worth taking time to compare. And so, we're not going to. For all creation awaits with eager longing, say eager longing, if you're sitting at home, say eager longing. Yeah, eager longing, this is the interactive part. I've let you sit there on your couch for three weeks now. It's time for you to participate. Oh, <laughs> say eager longing. Eager longing. For the revealing of the sons of God. For cre the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. See, here's what we see is we see that creation is waiting for the sons of God to be revealed. And I think that's even more true right now in the world that's looking for problems that we think if we if we stay at home more, then that's going to solve our problems. If we get, if we install more uh, sneeze guards, that will solve our problems. And I'm I'm not knocking those things. Those are those are important things. Those are helpful things. But just in the same way that the Israelites thought Jesus was coming as a king, like all these practical ways to solve our problems doesn't really solve the problem. Creation awaits for the sons of God to be revealed. That's what creation needs. It needs the sons of God to be revealed. And as a son and daughter of God today, the question is, am I living in such a way? Let's think back to the Philippians verses that we read the last couple of weeks, that we be imitators of God. Where Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. 
like the sons of God being revealed. That's the creation doesn't even realize that really is the thing. And it, and it says in here, it's eagerly longing for, it's groaning, as we'll see just a minute, like childbirth, like a woman in childbirth groans, waiting for the child to be born. It says, for you know, the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. This is not a, a, a lighthearted thing, but, but they don't even realize that the groaning that they have is for you to step in to the calling as a son or daughter of God. Let's go on. In verse 23, it says, And not only creation, but ourselves, we who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly, as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now, hope that is seen is not hope for who hopes for what he sees. But if we hope for what we don't see, we wait for it with patience. And what's crazy is here, creation is groaning, but, but turns out that we also are groaning. We are groaning as for our adoption as sons, like if creation is waiting for the sons of God, we're waiting to truly become the sons of God. And I'm becoming more and more like him every day. And then it says hope that we do not see. It's hope that we do not see. Like there's a hope that we haven't fully even seen yet. That we don't even fully know yet. Verse 26 so it's not just creation that groans. It's not just us that groans. But in verse 26, it tells us that also the Spirit is groaning. It says, likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know, um, for when we do not know what to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches the heart knows what is the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And it, it goes on to say, And we know that all things, uh, for those who love God, all things work together for good, for those who are called according to His purpose, for those He foreknew He predestined to be conformed to His image, the image of His Son, in order that He might be the firstborn among many brothers." And so what, what it's telling here is it's going to go on to say that we're predestined and then, then we're called and then we're justified and then we're glorified because we are being made more like the image of Jesus Christ who is the first son and we are his brothers. This is what creation longs for. They, they're longing to see Jesus. They're longing to see Jesus as we crawl through this passage and we, we hear this passage all of the time. All things work together for the good, but, but there's actually a whole lot in here. It works together for the good for those who are called according to his purpose. It works together for those who are conforming to the image of Christ, right? Because why? Because God isn't just trying to make things work together for the good of us. That passage says he's trying to reveal himself. And that's what, that's what creation wants. That's what we want. That's what the Spirit wants is for the image of Jesus Christ to be revealed in the earth. And this is our hope. Is our hope is to see Jesus. Our hope is to see him. And my question is, as that's, as that's the hope of creation is to see Jesus, do they see Jesus in you during this time? 
Do they truly see him? And are you seeing him? Is that the groaning of your heart? Is that the deep ache of where you live right now? Is it the deep ache is I want to see Jesus more than I ever have before in my life? And if it hasn't, I'm, I would encourage you to spend some time in prayer and fasting during this season. Until you get that deep ache of God, I need to see you. I need to know what you look like. You are my only hope. Let's flip over to 2 Corinthians. Don't read the screen here. I don't want you to get ahead. Flip to 2 Corinthians. Use your Bibles. It's just a few pages away. It's Romans, then 1 Corinthians, and 2 Corinthians. We're going to go to chapter 4. And in verse 7, um, I guess I'll step away so you can see now. Um, it says this, But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. And, and it goes on to say, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our mortal, mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. And this goes back to what we were talking about in Philippians, like, like we want to experience the resurrection power of Jesus Christ, but we have to die first. Here, what I think is crazy is it has this contrast. You can see here I put up is that we have a treasure inside of us, but it's in this jar of clay. And, and a jar of clay is not, it wasn't a very impressive container of the day. It'd be like me saying, I have this really impressive treasure in an in a old cardboard box, just a beat up cardboard box. That's, that's where my treasure is. There's this important, valuable thing but it's in a jar of clay that can be easily broken. And, and it says, so, so life is at work in you, but death is at work in us. Like during this time, what I'm realizing is, is the more I let, I let myself enter into moments of sacrifice, the more I let myself realize that this is temporary. Um, we were talking um, with, the, with the board the other night, and, and we came to the conclusion that if we lose the church building and we can't pay any of our staff, guess what? We still have a church because that stuff was never the church. Those were just the jars of clay. Yeah. And if those things can die, then the treasure can be revealed. The more this can die, the more life can be revealed. And I think that's what's happening um, to all of our churches uh, now in these days is, is our programs are dying. The things that we leaned on that to grow our churches are dying. And what has to be revealed is the true nature of Jesus Christ in our lives. He's the only thing we have left to stand on, to do ministry with anymore. It goes on to say, um, and, and I want to pause here because it says we're afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not driven to despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. But I, that that's because... We're with Christ. I would say there are those who would, don't have Christ in time that, that during this time that are perplexed and they're despairing. They're persecuted and they feel forsaken. They're struck down. They, they're being destroyed. But not us. And it's our goal is not to lord that over like, well, I'm not being destroyed. But, but to give them the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. Say, look, 
you don't have to walk through this like this. Like if you put your eyes on the true hope, which is Jesus Christ, you don't have to be destroyed. You don't have to be crushed during this time. Verse 13, it says, Since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what has been written, I believed and so I spoke. We also believe and we also speak. You got to use words, guys. We got to speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us with Jesus, bringing us with you into his presence. For it is for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. The, the, the reality is, is, of this whole thing is, everything is for the glory of God. During this time, we should increase our gratitude. We should increase our thanksgiving. Why? For the glory of God. We do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. And I want to say it has to be day by day. If you're counting on this sermon to get through the whole week, you're not going to make it. You need to spend time with the Lord day by day. And what I love is it says our outer self is wasting money, but our inner self is being renewed. And then it says our, this light and momentary affliction is preparing us, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And isn't that crazy? Because that's what we just read back in Romans. It's not even worth comparing. It's beyond comparison. It says, as we look not to things that are seen, but to things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient or temporary, but the things that are unseen are eternal. And so we have to, this whole patch is this comparison of, of jars of clay, temporary treasure inside eternal. Death is at work in us. Life, eternal life is at work in you. The outer self is wasting away. The inner self is being renewed. These, these, this stuff is light afflictions. They don't compare to the eternal glory. We don't look at all the stuff that's seen, the stuff that's temporary, but our hope is what is in what is unseen. Our hope is in the things that that we can't see, which is Jesus Christ. Like we have his spirit, but we don't see him. But the scripture tells us that when we do see him, we will be like him as he is. I want to go to one more place before I'm done today, and that is over in 1 Peter. We can flip over to 1 Peter. In 1 Peter chapter 1. He, he, uh, he preaches the gospel here a little bit. He said, blessed, this is in verse 3, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, exclamation point. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Guys, we are born again to a living hope. There is a true hope. There is a living hope, and it's through Jesus Christ and his resurrection. And I know this is not Resurrection Sunday, but forgive me. Um, to an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. Guys, there is there's an inheritance. It's imperishable, undefiled, 
unfading as we go through a season in a world where everything has begun to perish things are being defiled we realize like we're we're really starting to get a grasp that the things that we thought were so permanent aren't but we do have an inheritance that's not because we're sons right we're waiting for the sons of god to be revealed sons of god have an inheritance and this is where we rejoice what is our inheritance he says, it's kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. And this you rejoice. Though now for a little while, if necessary, you have grieved by various trials so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And this, were, this just messed me up completely. Like, like we're being, we're, we're grieved by trial, and it's testing the genuineness of our faith. Guys, I'm, even though we're rejoicing, there is going to be moments where we grieve for a moment. But this is just testing the genuineness of our faith, and we know it's not the Lord who tempts us, right? We, we understand that from Scripture. But, but what, what really messes with me here is the result. What, why? Why does all this happen? Because we're looking for the end result. And what is the end result? It is the revelation of Jesus. It is, it's a result in the praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus. So that we have something that's, that's worthy of praise glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus that should be the result of all things is the praise of Jesus the glory of Jesus the honor of Jesus should they be the result of everything that's going on in our lives right now during this time what we spend our time doing if if you're like us and you're a teacher that you're teaching in a way that results in the praise and glory and honor as you reveal Christ through as you walk out that as a teacher if you're retired the way you spend your time uh, interacting with other people, picking up the phone and calling them and, and messaging them on, on social media, it should result in a revelation of Jesus Christ that brings praise and glory and honor at your workplace. If you're a, a supervisor or you're an employee and, and you're essential and, and things might be a little more stressful than usual, your interactions should result in the praise and glory and honor as you reveal Jesus to those around you. Things will get hard. You will be tested. You might be grieved. But there has to be a check in our hearts that says, even though things are hard, it does not give me an excuse to hide. Last week we read about, uh, it might have been in Bible study, actually. I don't even remember now. It was. It was in Bible study. We talked about uh, we're, we're the salt of the earth. We're, we're, we're a city on a hill. We're the light, right? And you can't hide the light. And sometimes when we're grieved, we get so upset with the situation that instead of trying to honor Jesus through that situation, we hide our light when you, when you react poorly to things. Um, instead of taking a pause moment and say, wait a minute, I need to result. This needs to result in a revealing of Jesus Christ through my nature in it. And so we really have to take a step back and check ourselves. No matter how intense the situation is, I guarantee you the situation will pass. 
but the way you reacted will live on in the memory of that person forever. And that's really where we need to, to maybe take a breath before we speak or do, because our true heart is to reveal Jesus Christ. And I'm preaching to myself right now, just so you know. And then it goes on to what we've already been reading. It says, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do now see him, and he doesn't mean with their eyes, you believe in him and rejoice with a joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And I just think it's crazy because it all ties back to this, like, even though you don't see him, you love him. And that's, we see that in the other passages is, is it's revealing Christ and who he is. That's our true hope. And I'm reminded of Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. You know, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. And that's, that's kind, of, um, kind of the end of where I've um, brought this message today. Is that in these times of trial, and this is kind of like my, I'd, I'd say it's my last sermon in a three-part series of walking through crisis, if you will. Um, next week, we're going to be talking about the resurrection of Jesus. But, but as we walk through times of crisis, we have, we have to be people who don't just say, well, we need to do a really good job of walking through suffering. If your focus is to do a good job of walking through suffering, I'm afraid... Um, I'm afraid it might be difficult for you because you're focused on the suffering and you're focused on your appearance of walking through it well. But if we put our eyes on Jesus, our true hope, and revealing him during this time, and to know him, you have to get closer to him. You have to abide with him. And that has to be the spot where we, we hang our hat um, during this season because uh, we don't know exactly when this will end or how the world will look. Even when it ends, we don't know what the world's going to look like after that. We have to be prepared as believers, not as American citizens, but as believers to show the love and mercy and grace of Jesus Christ because we've been on our knees encountering the love and mercy and grace of Jesus Christ during a difficult time. We have to lean into the Word. And, and part of me feels bad because as we, as we go through all this, I don't... I don't have a lot of anecdotal stories, right? I don't have a lot of uh, uh, funny, funny things to say or do. I, I just don't know any. I've never been to this situation before. Neither have you. Um, all I have is the word. And so if you noticed over the last few weeks I've, in my sermons, I've just been pointing back to the word because it truly is all I know as truth during this time. Because it reveals Jesus Christ and brings him praise and glory and honor. And as we saw in Philippians, think on those things, right? Set your mind on those things. Consider those things. And so that's where we live. And so I'm going to pray, and then I have a couple of announcements. Father God, I pray that during this time, Lord, that we would be a people who put our eyes on Jesus, our true hope. Lord Jesus, that, um, Lord, as the song said, on Christ the solid rock we stand on other ground is sinking sand. God, I pray that we would truly build our house 
on the rock, Lord, as, as the world is shaking beneath our feet, Father God, we would, we would be steady as we put our eyes on you. Lord God, you, you saved us when we were in desperate times. You saved us when we came to the end of ourselves. Lord, we've come to the end of ourselves again. God, in our heart is to put our eyes on you. God, I thank you, God, that, that you bring us together, that you're growing us. Jesus, we need you now more than ever. I thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, including service times, contact information, and online giving, please visit www.fhop.church.